tell you this, though. I am never doing that again. What? You mean in your mother's house or all together? All together. No, like, oh, oh, give me yeah. a break. Yeah. Right. Come on. You don't think I can? No chance. You think you could? Well, I know I could hold out longer than you. Care to make it interesting? Sure, how much? Hundred dollars? You're on. Wait a second, wait a second. Count me in on this. You? Yeah. You'll be out before we get the check. to the comic book bullies we nerdist new bully i'm your host leroy with my co-host this is eli yep and we're back with another episode and eli we did a good thing i think last week mm-hmm. you know we had an episode that we were going to do we completely tossed that episode out the window and because like i said because stan lee has passed and i think it was like therapeutic for both of us yeah i guess it was pretty good yeah so we got a chance to talk about it get it all out of our system and now we're back to Hopefully normal podcasting, but it looked like some other bullshit we're gonna have to address towards that also. But we'll get to that later on. First off, uh Eli, let's talk about let's talk about No Nut November. Uh sure. Okay. So I know a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you do know what I'm talking about. But like I said, what are we like? Uh almost towards the end of November already? Uh yeah. Okay, so like I said, everybody knows about no shave November where you're not supposed to shave and stuff like that. Well some idiot online or social media because that's what we always do invented something called no nut november so it's exactly what you think it is (laughs) but here's the key like i said you you can't have sex you can't have orgasms you can't masturbate either you gotta last the entire month of november just pretty much just abstaining that is the goal and what and what do you get for this oh a no prize (laughs) (laughs) and what's the fucking point (laughs) right (laughs) I don't know, what's the point of No Shame November? <laughs> I <don't> fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me, remember the episode of Seinfeld? Oh, yeah, where they're all, yeah. The, the contest, they, they call all, it the they contest. All, yeah, the bet, they all bet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody was just putting, you know, money down on the on the table, stuff like that, like, I'm out, you know, because uh, I think uh, Elaine saw, like, John Kennedy Jr. Uh, working out or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, like, Kramer saw, like, his neighbor working out, like, next door to her naked. He was like, I'm out. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. He went across the hall and then came back, like, a minute later. I'm out. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Eli, Let's... I want to make a confession. I really? have been participating. You've been participating? I've been participating the whole time. Uh, I, I, I just want I to see, oh, like, what the hell? There's always an internet challenge. Might as well. Well, shit, I'm old. I might as well be participating, too. <laughs> I can't shoot it like I used to. So. <laughs> right. that, that Toby Keith song always reminds me, like, um, damn, I'm trying to think, what did he say? I'm not as good as the man I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. I love this song. 
<laughs> yeah, <Praise> I, very true. <laughs> so the thing yeah. is, like I said, I've been participating, and Eli is giving me a whole new enlightenment. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's made me like more focused. I feel like my reflex are faster. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can concentrate more. And there's always people that's always saying that oh everybody's just participating. No, no, November just doing it because they can't get late. Well, well duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm going to sit there at 2 o'clock in the morning and get a what you're doing text and be like, I'm, I'm sorry, Ann Hathaway. I'm abstaining for no that November. I will I will talk to you in December. Like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, like, if you don't have anything better to do, might as well. So, yeah, like I said, I, I feel more focused. I feel, I, okay, remember Dragon Ball Z? Oh, How yeah. they power up? Are you going to go Super Saiyan on the I, I feel like I am going to, like, November 31st, I feel like I will achieve Super Saiyan level. <laughs> Gonna, I feel or, like every day I'm powering up. Or like is some, you're going to be like in the store and somebody's going to brush up against you. And then, oh, oh. <laughs> just, just fire hose just everywhere. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. <laughs> Hopefully it didn't happen. You know. So, yeah. Uh, only thing. Well, I, was, I've, I've been participating in anti No Nut November. Oh, you're not that. in the spirit of Every the day. This Every is, day. This is my fault. This is <laughs> and twice on Sunday. <laughs> like yeah. this is my fault because <laughs> I didn't mention it November first. I should have mentioned this at the beginning of November, but I think something happened. We got sidetracked, or I didn't put it down in the notes. So if I had mentioned it earlier, then all of our listeners could have participated also. Because I'm pretty sure none of you are participating right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't bust the the day Stanley died. I didn't do it that day out of respect. Of course, out of respect. You know, you can't do it that day. <laughs> But once 12 o'clock hit, bang. <laughs> Off to the races. <laughs> so, but Eli, I was good up until I, I, I had to struggle this last weekend. I mean, this last week just passed by. Because, like I said, when I decided to participate, I was like, okay, no more Rihanna videos, no more twerk videos. I'm going to stay away from certain sites and just, just that way it won't be so hard on me. However, there was something happen on social media that almost made me relapse. Oh, yeah, okay, it? are you ever heard of Jill Scott? The, the Aquaman trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason Momoa. <laughs> they put a dollar on the table. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that damn Jill Scott video, man. That almost Jill, broke me. Jill Scott. I don't know who that you is. You haven't seen the Jill Scott video? I don't know who that Even is. Even Gomer saw the Jill Scott video. Who, who's Jill? You might have to remind me who this okay, is. Okay, Jill Scott is a singer. Okay. Kind of on the heavier side. You know, kind of thicker woman side. You know. Oh, heavier body set. I thought you meant like heavy singer as in music. No, well, I mean, she's a singer also, but like on the heavier, thicker side also. So okay. what she did is she was singing one time. Just all of a sudden, she just started simulating fellatio. I'm like, oh, no shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, let me look this up. <laughs> For research purposes. Yeah, yeah, science. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... That was like, oh, wow. Okay. So, honestly, Eli, I couldn't even watch that video all the way through. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, nope, nope. Mm-mm. Cut that off. Move on with the next one. Can't go. And then I saw it. I went on social media just looking at it. And all I saw was these articles about Jill Scott destroys No Nut November. <laughs> like, like, wow. This so. is on air sex moment? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, w- I would. Moment of silence for. 
Well, I bust one real quick. <laughs> right. I was going to say, you better not be on podcast right now. <laughs> like, no, I'm good, man. Go you, are you uh, still there? <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I, got, I, can, I can multitask. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do and get it out of the way now before we start talking about the other stuff in the podcast? <laughs> oh, this video? Yeah, okay. that video. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. She's gone and, yeah. Like I said, get out your system now before we start talking about X-Men. She can handle that business, looks like. Right. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. yeah. Right. Now, this is another point I was trying to make about that. Now, a lot of times, and like I said, <laughs> <laughs> right. She's even cupping the balls and Exactly, shit. that's what I was saying. Damn, man. What, you going to stick the finger in the ass, too, or something? <laughs> and then she died. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you had to watch the video all the way through. So, yeah. Really? Uh, so and now, and you see the crowd uh, cheering with applause. Uh, all yeah, the they're going, they're going here Also, so here's my another point I was trying to make. Now, <laughs> now you see on TV, you see a lot of like really skinny supermodels and stuff like that, and a lot of women don't understand that why guys like us go after say heavier set women, thicker women, BBWs. And Do I, I know do, why. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, point to that video. That's why. What did, did you ever see that movie, Role Models? I, I didn't watch it all the way through. But. It was like, he's like, I go after the heavier one because, uh, in my experience, it's the heavier ones that do more stuff. <laughs> I feel like we're revealing some secrets we shouldn't be revealing right now. But. Hey, hey, hey! And we just lost all of our female viewers right now. And it's like, hey, they got those Cosmo articles, 10 things to satisfy your man. Right. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. And obviously, Jill Scott has read the entire collection, so. Yeah. Oh, man. So now I'm just waiting on Facebook to start the Jill Scott Challenge. <laughs> I w- don't call me in November, but in December, then you can call me. <laughs> that's uh, your first thing? It's your first, that's your on your to-do list, December 1st? December 1st, 12 o'clock, Jill Scott, midnight. Jill right. Scott video. Right. <laughs> Find a, they'll have gift gifs by then, so save, you don't even have to. Yeah, right. Just save like, the list. Yeah, won't even have to touch a computer or whatever. Just, <laughs> just look at it. It's just, uh, by then, I would have powered up by now. I just, just, just Goku. Yeah, man. It would just do it on its yeah, own. See, see, that's the thing, man. The kids these days, they got it so easy. Gifs and shit. Right. Like, we had to like bust, like yeah, we had to like use a remote with the VCR to rewind. Right. Shit, you know, and and sometimes we had up. like a channel that kept rolling. You don't know what's going on at the time because, yeah. like, kids. Yeah, and then sometimes you know you fucking rewind the fucking video so much and you pop it in again and it's all fucked up. The tracking right. starts fucked up. That one scene around. that you were yeah. looking for is all worn out. You can't even see it yeah. anymore. You're squinting trying to make out what was it? What, what is yeah. that? Trying to watch, trying to watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, the the naked nurse scene. And that scene comes on again. You're trying to watch it for real, and then that scene comes on and starts fucking up and skipping and shit. Yeah, like damn it, I fucked up the tape. <laughs> <laughs> like no, and then you can't go to the store and get another one. Plus, that makes it even worse when you go in the blockbuster. Oh uh, yes, I want to get uh, Nighty Nurses too. <laughs> We're out of that copy. But we'll call you when it comes in. You got to make sure your mom don't. <laughs> we had the copy in now. <laughs> What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving. No nuts. No nuts. No, no nuts. <laughs> Just what, 11 more days or whatever it yeah. is in November? Well, good luck, man. You can do it. I will fight the good fight. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but you can. Hey. I, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. 
what would go winter time winter time is depressing as it is i don't know why your motherfuckers would want to go through that (laughs) right i can't resist the internet challenge that's just me it's the happiest time of my day is what i'm doing (laughs) it's all i got to look forward to man Oh, yeah. it builds character. Yeah, man. I wish I was a virgin again. You know, when I could, when I had, when I had something to look forward to. Oh no, that because <laughs> <laughs> then you know, yeah. like on Apple uh, American Pie, when the guy's just like, oh, it's it's like sticking your finger in an apple yeah. pie or whatever. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> you never like, know what it feels like. You yeah. just, I don't know. Then you realize that it that it comes with a lot of headaches. <laughs> but everything worth it is, you know. You, you get a woman, you gotta get weigh that hotness to crazy ratio. Yeah, like, yeah. Eh, is it worth it? Just go for it. Sometimes, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, she's crazy. She's gonna fuck up my life. Oh well, go for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that being said, move on to the next part. Now we can talk about Thanksgiving. All right. For the five of you listeners that are still with us, <laughs> uh, I know a lot of us are celebrating. Some of us are celebrating Thanksgiving this uh, weekend. Just want to make sure everybody's having a good Thanksgiving. Go meet family. Uh, go have fun with everybody. I know some of you don't like to hang around your family. I know they ask you stupid ass questions like, "Why aren't you married? Why are you single? Why are you still working at the shit job you're working at? Why are you? Who'd you vote for? <laughs> Who'd you vote for? Stay away from that. Why's the last thing you've been to church? Try to stay away from all those and just remember that it's just one day. <laughs> not even the whole day just make it through that one day where we and most of the time you hopefully the you'll be on time when the dinner is there and you can just eat and just go get you know get out of there or maybe there'll be a game on that everybody can watch and that'll distract everybody and hopefully that shit won't bust all those won't break the no nutters you know what i mean <laughs> like oh fuck this i'm going home and busting one <laughs> oh they stress me out <laughs> oh that feels good oh thank you jill scott that feels better <laughs> Oh yeah, I feel sorry for the vegans though. I guess they're fine. They claim they're fine. Nobody thinks about the vegans. You know they're gonna. Oh, we have vegan turkey. There's no such thing as vegan turkey. (laughs) The fuck is that? Oh, furkey or whatever. Right. Nobody wanna eat that shit. And I wish I did have a family member that was vegan that brought that bullshit over. I'm tossing that shit out the window. (laughs) Luckily, I'm in the South Mississippi. There's no such thing as a vegan down here. So. God bless y'all. Right. Up, up here in you know Minneapolis, the the ex hipster capital of the world. Yeah. God bless heart disease. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Can we move on to the actual part of the podcast now? Sure. Okay. Now let's actually talk about the podcast, and this is where I'm going to get triggered because now I'm going to name off the box office numbers. All right. Okay. And the box office numbers are what are we looking at? Number one. Oh, Eli, give it to me. What's number one? Isn't it that the Harry Potter movie, right? One of them, I guess. Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of whatever yeah. the fuck. I don't know. Harry, po- Harry, Harry Potter shit. Yeah, we, we, this is not the Harry Potter bullies. We don't know yeah. what the fuck is going on with this shit. So, yeah. yeah, whatever. Obviously, you guys like this shit because it's number one. So, yeah. Uh, number two, Dr. Seuss, The Grinch 2018. Still hanging in there. Uh, number three, Bohemian Rhapsody is still pulling in numbers. That's oh, good. no shit. I yeah. saw it. I actually went and saw it. That's right, because we were going to review it, but, you know, we, we didn't do anything, you know, other than tribute. So, yeah, you give me your review, what you what you think about it. Well, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, I don't know uh, Freddie Mercury's life story, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what was shown on screen, I enjoyed. I know people, like critics and, like, fans have been bitching about the movie, saying it didn't do show this, didn't show that. It didn't show, you know, Freddie Mercury's, you know, lavish 
rock star lifestyle. I guess he was notoriously, you know, a partier and, you know, did all kinds of, uh, you know, all the drugs in the world and shit and had to all these orgies. He was a rock star. What do you expect? You know, I think, you know, but I guess it didn't go into that as much. And, um, but I, what I saw, I enjoyed, first of all, I'm in a band. I'm a drummer. You know what I'm saying? I don't fucking, I got to deal with the egos of, of vocalists and, and guitarists and shit. They always want to hog the attention all the time and shit. So I can understand how like, cause I know this movie was produced. The, the some of the band members produced it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that I'm sure they were like, well, this thing, it ain't all about him. Fuck that. Which is, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This it, it ain't all about just our singers. So I think they had some input, you know, kind of like the way, uh, NWA, Straight Outta Compton. The same way. Where they painted yeah. themselves like the good guys and you didn't yeah. say anything bad about them. We know there was nothing like that in real life. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It was just, the movie was just made to, like, look, make Cube and Dre look good and right. sh- ain't shit about MC Ren or anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuck that guy. We don't know anything about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, the performances were great. It really captured what it's like to be you know, to be in a band, to perform, to be performing on stage, what it was like to the feeling of being performing in front of oceans of people. I mean, Queen ended up becoming that one of those bands that played stadiums to thousands of people and shit. So I, it was very well made as far as cinematically wise. It was a great movie to see in the theater. I like to see it again just because it was it was it was just a cool fucking experience, you know, Um Another thing I saw, I noticed people were also bitching about that it wasn't gay enough. Like, it didn't showcase his gay lifestyle. Oh, and I was like, okay, and, this, yeah. and I was like, I thought they did. I thought what they showed was fine. Right. You know, they did, they did address it. They did, you know, it did show him with guys and all that shit. It was PG 13. I don't know what people were expecting. The it, PG-13. It, How can you do a quick yeah. movie PG 13? I don't know, but I don't know what people are expecting. Would they want a dick in his mouth? It was PG. I guess so. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? How gay do you want it to get? Yeah, I mean, it did show. It did show that that side of his life. I had no problem with it. Again, I'm not the biggest Queen fan, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, you know what people are expecting, what fans were expecting, what I saw, I enjoyed. You know what I mean? It was as far as just a movie about a band coming up about a band, not just the lead singer, mm-hmm. you know, coming up and becoming these big giant rock stars. It was cool. You know, it was really cool. And I, I like, I like uh, rock star biopics, you know, true stories. I like, I, I, I always dig on them, yeah. you know, even, even though they usually yeah. aren't true stories, they yeah. usually like embellish so much on them, you know, even like music that I'm not into, you know what I mean? I'll watch, you know, I'll watch those stories. And you shit. know, one of my favorite music biopics of all time. What's that? La Bamba. Oh yeah, I love Richie. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. <laughs> I used to, oh. I used to say it on HBO all the time. I used to know that movie. I used to be able to quote that movie, La Bamba, and they'll know anything Shavita. about it. Right. <laughs> Good night, my love. That guy, a <laughs> shitty singer. <laughs> I gotta find that movie. I'm gonna watch it again somewhere. I might buy it on Voodoo or something. Uh, oh yeah, Shavita. Okay, <laughs> let me keep going. Uh oh, number four, Instant Family. Oh, that's that comedy with Marky Mark and uh, the the one chick. 
Okay, they, yeah. They, yeah. So they adopt. They, it's like the it's like the modern day different strokes. You know, they, they they adopt the darkies. The white family adopts the darkies. Oh, one of those. And movies. then and then have a light. You know, oh my god. Okay. Our lives are so better, much better now. Yeah, the white savior, Sandra Bullock, right side. Yeah, that thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, number five, Widows. I heard good things about this movie. Oh, is that the the old lady set it off? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I heard good things about it. I might watch when it comes on. Whatever. Uh, okay. Number six, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms really dropped down. Uh, number seven, A Star Is Born still hanging in there. Uh, Number eight, Overlord. Uh, I know. Oh, I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys did like a on Geeks Ad did like a whole show about it, right? Or something. Yeah, like we that. got. Yeah, check out our review. We yeah, we go to full spoilers. We spoil the fuck out of Overlord. Okay, Nazi so, zombie movies. Hey, that's yeah. And you can't go wrong sh- that way. Yeah, or should I say Nazi zombie movie? <laughs> <laughs> You lost me with that one. I feel like that uh, joke went over my not, head. Not, <laughs> not, no, because zombies is plural, and zombie is singular, and that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. And that's and that's what I think about that movie. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't realize that. That's a spoiler, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number nine, we have the girl in the spider's web, a new dragon tattoo. What the? F- oh, that's the the girl with the dragon tattoo movie. The, I, I guess. I, I, how many of these movies have they made? I don't know. They don't made know. they were they made like a it was like a foreign trilogy. I only seen the one the foreign one. I didn't see the American one. Yeah, they said they made a foreign one. Then they made a, another one like a few they, months yeah, later. Like yeah, yeah, they made like a trilogy in like Europe or whatever, right? Or Sweden or whatever. And then they David Fincher made it with Daniel Craig and uh, um. I don't know. I guess this is an, another one, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. They're just cranking. It feels like there's been like a million of them, but it might be the second one. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And number 10, Burn the Stage, the movie? No, I, I don't know what that is. I've never even heard of that shit. Okay. Uh, now, let's go to the part that's going to trigger me. Venom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had this entire rant I was going to do last week, and I was like, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because I got triggered. However, I'm going to trigger you guys. Just like I got triggered. So everybody want to go about how Venom uh, outgrossed Justice League. Oh, that must mean Justice League. Uh, Venom is so much better than Justice League. Justice League sucked because Venom outrated. Like, shut the fuck up. Only reason it happened because it outgrossed in China. It outgrossed United States. It made more money in China in its opening weekend than the United States did. So really, we were like, eh, the movie. But China, for some reason, fucking loved this movie, I guess. I don't know. So, they like they like the Transformers movies. They like so. well, that's only because the Transformers movies were in China. But wait, wasn't the there was a Venom scene in China also? Some oh yeah, like the the thing comes down in like Asia somewhere. Yeah, doesn't it? Uh, the, the ship that, that, the, the ship, ship crash. I, yeah, I think crash it, in Asia. That explains it. Yeah. Oh fuck! They and for all we know, they probably even added more China scenes in the release when they did it. So before everybody goes crazy, oh, it's so much better than Justice League because of blah, blah, blah. Okay, you assholes, since you want to bring that up and you want to pull up numbers, how about these numbers? It also outgrossed Winter Soldier, fucker. <laughs> how you like them apples? Oh, it's so much better than Winter Soldier. Nah, Venom is better. You just said it. So you said Venom is better. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Moving on. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Let's talk about trailers. Right. We're still on moves right now. Let's talk about trailers. Let's talk about uh, Deadpool. We're going to talk about Deadpool. But actually, we actually got a Deadpool trailer that came out, the 12 Days of Deadpool or whatever the fuck. 
It was going to be released on December 21st, the same day Aquaman and Bumblebee and all these other movies came out. But they pushed it up because they didn't want to get buried, you know, with all these movies. And they're saying it's, I think it's going to be on December 12th. I think it's going to run 12 days. They said it's going to be only 12 days in the theater, and that's it. And Eli, actually, the footage that they showed actually was like nothing but new footage. Oh, really? So it is new shit. It's, it's new shit, but it's it's a they it, it's but it PG thirteen, yeah. It's a PG thirteen, but it did have like mixed in footage of Deadpool two, but like the majority of it, about eighty percent of it, was like new footage. Okay. And it was like Fred, uh, Fred Savage in it. For those who don't know why Fred Savage is so you know important to this movie, because it's basically a nod to the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. When he played a kid and his grandfather was reading him the story of the Princess Bride. So Deadpool was doing the same thing to Fred Savage like it was Princess Bride, except he's in his 40s and he has a, a beard, you know, stubble. So that's 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 kind of the joke, you know. And basically the reason Fred Savage is there in a room with Deadpool because Deadpool actually has him tied to the bed. Yeah. And he can't I, I, I ended up watching the trailer. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. So I thought that was okay. pretty funny also. It's just funny, just Fred Savage's just interaction with Deadpool the whole time. Okay, okay, this is funny. Even though this is a deep cut most people won't get, especially like the millennials watching this stuff now won't get. Folks my age, that shit is funny as hell. I think yeah. so. So And just the other stuff they put in there also. Pretty uh, they, soon we'll see that video of like, kids react to the Princess Bride. Oh, or, yeah. <laughs> or, what's that? That geek tyrant or one of them nerd websites we we we're showing star wars to people who haven't seen it all of a sudden it's like really <laughs> you know what Th- those videos actually started depressing me because, uh, yeah it's like because they gave a teenager one time they gave him a walkman oh yeah, yeah. and they did, had no idea how to they didn't know how to open it how to work it they took the walkman and put it to their ear <laughs> <laughs> like what do you do with this thing like i'm like are you that fucking dumb like we didn't. Nobody gave us instructions how to work walking. We just knew how to do it. Now, so. I was watching it like right before Halloween came out. They they did that. Uh, it was one of those nerd websites. A bunch of their staff had never seen the original Halloween. I'm oh, like, God. really? How the fuck you get a fucking job at a nerd website when <laughs> right. you haven't seen fucking shit? Halloween, <laughs> Star Wars. Like what the fuck? Oh man, that that's <laughs> that the shit world, pisses me off. That's the world we live in now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. what we Oh, another trailer that dropped actually today will be tomorrow for you guys. Uh, Aquaman. And oh yeah, I, I refuse to watch it. I didn't even watch don't, that. Don't long watch it, Eli. Don't watch. Yeah. Don't watch any of them. Yeah, I didn't watch that last five minute long one where it was like showing all kinds of shows. Like, okay, I want to see the movie. Right, because <laughs> I'm thinking about it, like they showed a lot of this movie so far, and honestly, I, I felt like I, I felt like I shouldn't have watched that trailer today because I'm sold on the movie. Like, you don't yeah. have to sell me on the movie. I'm there day one, you know. I understand you have to sell other people on this movie, but you don't have to do me. But I was like, I got to watch it. And I watched it. And it was awesome, just like I thought it was, you know. So I'm ready to see this movie day one. Other people are excited on what type of movie you want to watch. What are you excited for? You know, other people are like, well, I don't want to see Aquaman. It's another DCU movie. I don't want to see that. Well, stay your fucking ass at home, man. <laughs> you know? We're going to watch a good movie. We're going to have fun entertain, uh, enjoying this movie. If you don't want to see it, go complain at home. Don't watch it then. So, so I'm excited. I want to see it. I'm probably which one are you more excited for, Eli? Aquaman or Bumblebee? Because they drop on the same day. Oh, uh, probably Aquaman, but I am. I do want to see Bumblebee. Okay. I mean, I, I'll check it. I'll, I will see Aquaman first, though. Hmm. Oh, but we can, probably can because I got Amazon Prime. <laughs> ah, there you go. So you got Amazon Prime. I got Amazon Prime. So for those that don't know, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, they are releasing the movie earlier for Amazon Prime members in select theaters. Uh, of course, Eli. Since I stay in Mississippi, they're 
probably will come nowhere near me. <laughs> but you have fun. <laughs> well, I, I was reading that thing. I was like, "What are they going to stream it or something?" Or that, that's what no, I think. Like, it's going to be on Amazon Prime. Or, you know? No, it's no. You basically have to go to a participating theater that will do show it. Pretty cool. Uh, Get the the screening. Yeah. It sells Amazon, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So basically, you take your membership number or something. You got to prove, I guess. Prove you got Amazon. Somewhere. Yeah, how do you prove it? I don't have an Amazon number or ID. code. Yeah, yeah they don't give us cards or anything. You just, just sign up for it and just take the money out of your account and you don't even know it. So I don't know how they explain, uh, plan to explain that, but they'll they'll figure it out some kind of way. So, uh, Yeah, who would have thought that an Aquaman movie we'd be excited for? Because just five years ago, three years ago, I was like, Aquaman, I don't want to do have anything to do with Aquaman. I don't read an Aquaman comic. I don't want to watch an Aquaman cartoon. I don't watch an Aquaman movie. You know, and now this shit has me excited. This shit has me wanting to go back and read some of those Aquaman comics. I said I haven't gone there, but that's like next to my to-do list. Yeah, you got the DC Universe shit, too. Can I talk about the DC Universe for a thing? Because I have some issues. I have some qualms. And I didn't want to bring this up because, you know, I wouldn't want to scare people away from the, you know, from the service. But I got to mention it. I'm having an issue with it. Okay, Eli, the, the thing's been out, what, like a month now, right? Something like that. that. Why are they already removing comics from the website? What the hell? Yes. They're already removing comics from the app. I was in the middle of reading, uh, like, the, you know, the George Perez Teen Titans run, right? Yeah. Okay. So I was reading it. There were 12 issues up. Two weeks later, I think it went up to, like, issue 40 or something. So they had, like, the first 40 issues or something like that on there for Teen Titans. Okay. Okay. I got time to read it. And then I got some alerts saying at the end of this month. These comics will go away. I'm like, I didn't finish the run yet. How the fuck am I going to read 40 comics in like three weeks, in like two weeks? <laughs> so I go back and check. It's back down to uh, 12 issues again. I'm like, what the fuck? So, yeah, the and the reason I didn't mention this earlier, like when it first came out, because I'm thinking like, okay, they said that like in October or November, they were going to, you know, put some more comics on there. And they did that. And then they took them away. So now I'm back to the same bullshit uh, comic roster. That was there to begin with. Half of those comics only already I've already read. They got like only one issue of all this stuff there. And it's so basically the same shit I was complaining about when it first came out is the same shit I'm complaining about now. That's the reason I got it to read the comics and then no comics to read. What the yeah, fuck? that's that that's why I would get it. I'm like, what no. the fuck? And then they say, Oh, we had to take it down for bandwidth. Marvel Universe doesn't do that bullshit. Marvel Universe never takes down a comic or give you a week to read the shit. Now, I see if they say it's six months down the road. Can you read it? The shit just came out. Why the fuck are they removing comics from the website when I want to read the shit? Mm. Oh, man. It's, hey, man. It, it's, it's honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. It is not worth it. But I will say this. The Titan show is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. I know I shit it on the show before. I know a bunch of people shit it on the show before. But right now, and I'm, I'm going to give a quick review of the Titan show right now. This actually was on the list, too, so I'm going <laughs> to, so it's a good segue. So right now, they're on episode six, right? So they're halfway, halfway through this, their season. Like I said, season 12. And last episode, Eli had Jason Todd on there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Jason Todd was on there, popped up, had the Robin. So he basically was telling Dick, like, I'm, I'm the new Robin, you know? And Robin and Dick had to team up with Jason Todd because he was trying to use, like, one of Bruce's safe houses. But... He completely, but Bruce completely deleted Dick from all his uh, 
like his security clearance. So he can't access to any of this stuff. But Jason has access to it, so he has to carry Jason around with him everywhere to access the stuff. So I thought that was pretty funny. And the funny thing, remember how we kept talking about how Dick was kind of like insane and kind of lunatic and how he's going around just, you know, you know, beating the shit out of people? Well, Jason Todd is even worse. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't have any remorse like shit like Dick does. Like, maybe I should do this shit. No, Jason Todd loves this shit. You know, and the funny thing about it, they gave like Jason Todd like gave his backstory about it was, and his backstory is exactly how it was in the post crisis comics of Batman. Like he was hijacking uh the Batmobile, stole the hubcaps, and Batman crewed him, blah blah blah, stuff like that. He was on the streets in the gangs, the thug, and all stuff like that. And it's all right there, and you can see that Dick basically saying like, okay, and it, may, it actually makes Batman look a little bit crazy. Also, even though Batman has never been this, in this season yet. But just the the point of view that Dick is given does make Batman seem kind of crazy. Okay, he keeps recruiting these kids to his cause and his war, and he's basically brainwashing them, you know, to to follow his cause because Jason knows his role. He knows he's just there to be a sidekick to draw fire from the bad guys, just so Batman can sneak up on and beat the shit out of him. And He's crazy. He basically wants to be Robin and wants to be Batman just so he can beat the shit out of people. That's all he wants to do because he just likes to fight. Everywhere he goes with Dick, Dick has to tell him, like, calm down, man. Don't fight anybody. You know? So Jason is just as crazy in his show as he is in the comics. Okay. Yeah, it's just like the more the longer you go in the show, Dick is like, okay, this kid is crazy. This kid is unhinged. Why the fuck would Bruce recruit this kid when it's obviously something is wrong with him? You know. So is this is this what they're saying that they're gonna do a poll? Is that the Jason Todd they're talking about? What, what they're poll? doing? They're doing another poll about relo- uh, uh, whether Jason Todd lives or dies, just like Death in the Family back in the eighties. What I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, maybe talking about something in the comics now. I guess I don't know. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was wondering about that. If they were talking about the new the show, or are they talking about the comics? Yeah, because I, I think I think Jason Todd is going to show up on one episode, and after this episode, he just leaves. He like uh, curse Dick out and then leaves. That's it. Because Dick was like, "You can't beat these guys up. You can't do this." He's like, "Hey, fuck you. <laughs> You're not robbing anymore." And then leaves, and that's it. So I think I don't think we're going to see him in the show anymore anyway. Okay, we doubt this will change the fate of the new. Okay, it's not about the. Okay, yeah, I'm just reading it now. Okay, it's not about the Titans. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like I said, so far this show is interesting. The show is pretty good. Uh, you got a bunch of bad guys showing up. It pretty it sticks pretty close to the comics. Like for instance, like uh, when because we we keep forgetting that you know Batman has a tragic story, but so does Robin. Like his parents died in front of him also and was killed by an assassin. And it was funny because they showed one of the uh strongmen, like one of the circus performers there, wanted to adopt Dick, but when he found out that Bruce wanted to adopt him, he was like, "Well, I'm broke." The, they're shutting down the circus because of the accident, so I'm gonna have a way hard time to find the money. But Bruce is a billionaire, so he gave him up to Bruce. That was basically his godfather. And then the whole yeah. show is about him reconnecting with him. I was like, okay, so they're giving us some some backstory on this. This is actually pretty cool, but it it's really shitting on Batman if you really think about it, you know. So overall, pretty good. Interested to see where it goes next. All I gotta say about that. All right, Eli, you want to talk about this bullshit now? The bullshit that we've been trying to avoid. Uh, which bullshit was that? The bullshit. Uh, which one? The one in the middle. The one in the middle. Oh, you're not watching it. Okay, never mind. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, the one in the middle of the oh the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we see if nobody else sees. So I was trying to throw oh. you a, a code, but anyway, now we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Stan Lee once again. Like I said, he passed, and for some reason, there have been a lot of people that have been saying some really weird shit online. First, I want to talk about Army Hammer saying some really weird shit. Uh, Army Hammer was complaining about people were taking advantage of Stan Lee's celebrityism to basically promote their own celebrity. You know, oh, look at me with this selfie and look what I did. You know, basically promoting themselves and not giving honor to Stan instead of saying how Stan inspired you and what Stan did from there, you know. And basically, your, your boy Negan told him to shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, and not only that, we also got to talk about Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Yeah. Yeah, said some really dumb shit. I don't know if he said it uh, on his TV show, but I know he did. It was a, a blog. blog. He put out a blog yeah. and said it. Basically how uh, Stan Lee really just inspired people to watch a movie. And we shouldn't be, you know, mourning his death because what impact that he did. He just really uh, made a comic book. We should have stopped reading comics with him. But now we take comic books too seriously. And only a society that treats comic books as literature and art would elect trump to office i'm like what the fuck is he talking about he's basically you know shitting on nerds basically <laughs> he, he, yeah that's basically what he's doing he's shitting yeah. on nerds and honestly ever and, and i was gonna like really really go in on bill maher on this but like i said since we've been so far reporting about this since it really happened i just quickly uh quickly went on twitter and went on social media and went to his own comic section on the same blog he did. And ended it lighting his ass up anyway. So I'm like, well, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> My work is done. <laughs> you know? I'm just sitting watching this. Uh, even Scott Snyder, you know, the uh, Justice League writer, comic book writer. Even he would fuck Bill Maher. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. No. Well, he, I mean, he's always, he, he's obviously not a comic book fan. And that's fine because right. he's he has and I watch his show. I, I you know I find you know first of all he's a comedian. Right. He talks shit. You know that's his job. That's all he does is talk shit. People you know give him more credit than he should have. You know, but, but, but he just, I, I agree he does say some some introspective shit sometimes. Yeah, I I, I you know, yes I find him funny. I do agree with a lot of his you know political views. A lot of the times I've also been known to disagree. Right. On a lot on some of his political views. I mean, I don't agree with everything he says, and this is just one of the things I don't agree with. <laughs> he just find, isn't. A, yeah. Right. I He's, do find it funny that people are more upset about him dissing Stan Lee than him using the N word on TV. But I digress. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, right. I remember that. And then the, the very next episode, he had Ice Cube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Ice Cube laid into him. Right. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, and, and I'll give him the, you know, at least he, you know. He addressed it, and he, you know, he, again, when shit, when shit talking goes too far, you know, and but my my thing is, I, even even on this, even on this, when I read the blog, I actually tried to see it from his point of view, like where is he coming from with this? And honestly, even in that blog, some of the shit, a very small fraction of shit, some of it I kind of agree with. On the the thing I part agree with that he is kind of blaming uh, that we in 2018. Are kind of in kind of like an arrested development where you know we stuff that we did kind of leave alone we kind of think and I'm not blaming on comic books just in general yeah. that some of us yeah I do agree that there is a 
a dumbing down of the nation and right. anti-intellectualism in the nation. I do agree with that, mm-hmm. that people aren't as smart as they should be. I agree right. with that, but I don't think it's because of comic books. It's not because of comic books, <laughs> and it is damn sure not because of Stan Lee. Yeah, no shit. Be- because the thing no. is, okay, because Bill Maher, I just I asked Google this morning before we started uh, doing this podcast, Bill Maher is 62, according to Google, and he's coming at this from an old man perspective. He's basically yeah. the whole time, get off my lawn. You know? Yeah, basically. And, and, I, and I've been doing a lot of research on Stan Lee, just watching a lot of his interviews, stuff like that. Now, when you watch a Stan Lee interview, like right before he passed, like five, ten years, stuff like that, uh, the, the late night talk show hosts showed him more respect. You know, they, they appreciated Stan for what he was. But when you watch Stan Lee's interviews, like in the 60s and the 70s, they basically treated Stan like shit. <laughs> because yeah. they looked at him like, oh, he's just writing that children's superhero shit. You know, they asked him. So, and, and keep in mind, they knew they didn't know what the fuck Marvel was. You know, all these talk show hosts are like, oh, yeah, you write that stuff for my kids, right? So, what do you write about? Well, I got this group called the Fantastic Four. They're looking like, Fantastic Four, what the hell is that? You know, oh, well, I'll ask my three year old when I get home. You know, and that's basically how they talk to him. So, Stan knew that these guys treat him like shit. And basically, he did everything he could to kind of kind of like dumbed down comics to present to them because he knew nobody was going to take him seriously writing this shit. He said this, you know, back mm-hmm. in the 60s, he know like writing comics, nobody's going to take me seriously. So what he did, and that's we talked about this last last week where he decided to, I'm going to write comic books for me. I'm in my 40s, but I'm going to write this shit that is if I was picking up a book. I'm not writing this shit for a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. I'm going to write this shit for an adult. And and he even brought that up when these talk show hosts kept talking shit to him, like, "Oh yeah, you write this children's shit with the uh, Fantastic Four and Iron Man and Spider Man. Yeah, that's that's fun for the kiddies to like that." And Stan was trying to tell him, "Yeah, you say this stuff, but at the same time, you got college kids right now that read my stuff. Also, they're reading my Silver Surfer, they're reading my Doctor Strange, and they're breaking these characters down in a way that you know they're actually like in a literary form, you know, because that's all Silver Surfer was. Silver Surfer was an alien." And he was coming down to Earth to witness human interaction and giving his own commentary on human interaction, which was Stan Lee's human interaction. You know, that's not kid shit. Yeah. You know, that was some adult shit he was doing. And yes, he dumbed it down for a child to understand. He basically made it for all age. It's something that a child could understand, but at the same time, it's something that an adult could take away from it. So Stan Lee wasn't just cranking out kid shit. He was cranking out shit that you know, he wanted to read, but if a kid wanted to pick it up, that's that's good also. And Bill Maher is approaching it the same way those assholes back in the sixties and seventies looked down on Stan are doing. They don't they don't take uh comic books as serious literature. You know, yeah. they they don't take Watchmen or The Dark Knight Returns or Sandman's Run or Animal Run or Swamp Thing. They they look at all that shit like kid shit. You know, yeah. there's nothing kid shit about Watchmen. There was a that was a commentary on the United States at the time. What had happened if one superpower being was to arrive on Earth? Not a whole bunch of them, just one. Doctor Manhattan, complete, and and he was uh, allegiance to the United States. It will completely change the face of America, and that's something to look at. You know, Dark Knight Returns was a. Uh, that's why Ray, Ronald Reagan wanted to send Superman out to kill Batman because Batman was giving the people, uh, in you know inspiration that they don't have to rely on the government they can take care of themselves if something goes bad 
You know, all that shit is in there. And it's not no kid shit. That shit that you can take away from it. Same thing with Star Wars. There's so much adult shit in Star Wars. George Lucas was making the George Lucas basically made Palpatine George uh George Bush. You know, it's all kind of stuff you can read into with that. And and it's not just comic books. These assholes like Bill Maher, these old guys, they look at they look at everything like that. They look at video games the same way. Uh they look at rap music the same way. They look at death metal the same way. They don't take it seriously. They think it's some shit you just you know, toss aside is is something for the younger generation. But at the same time, the younger generation is growing up with this stuff and they look at it a different we look at this stuff differently than what they did. They see X-Men, they just see a bunch of dudes in colorful tights just punching each other. We look at it, we see the commentary, you know, for racism, for inclusion, you know, for bigotry. We see that stuff that he can't see. Yeah, that's it just his whole blog just basically showed how ignorant and stupid he is right and it shows that <laughs> how much he doesn't know about him like he's he's trashing a medium he knows nothing about yeah comic, saying right yeah comic books look at japan japan comics anime manga that's a prominent you know and they take thing in their society seriously. right yes there's manga for everybody everybody reads comics everybody you know, it's just so much part of their culture. And look what Japan has done. It know. influenced us. Yeah. In the United States. Because so, when, when anime hit, uh, we looked at it like, oh, it's cartoon for adults. You know, and yeah. it started it started making that shift. That's where we started getting into more adult-oriented cartoons that you know, start taking things more seriously. Yeah. But just as comics as a medium and as, you know, he's shitting on the medium as it's 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 lowbrow art for kids when no, it's not when done correctly. It's it, it's for everybody. Right. And, and, and like I said, in Japan, it is done for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and look at Japan's culture. Look at Japan's con- contributions to the world, you know, <laughs> like it's <laughs> you know, so for him to say. Yeah. So for him to say that, oh, comic books are adding down or adding to the dumbing down of the nation. It's it's just stupid. That's just a dumb ass statement in itself. Right. He obviously doesn't understand the medium. You know, he's just shit because and because he doesn't ma- understand it. That's why he's shitting on it. Right. You and know? not only is he shitting on the medium, he's shitting on the fans of the medium also. He's saying yeah. comic book fans can't be adults. Like we complain about being adult. There are plenty of comic book fans that go to work, pay bills, yeah. pay car notes, take care of their families, are responsible. And still have fun reading comic books. It's it's possible to walk and chew gum at the same time with this. Yeah, I don't I don't just read comics. I read books without pictures too. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's like I don't, you know. But I do like reading comics, and and some of the fucking comics that I do read do deal with you know all the issues that he addresses on his fucking show. Right. You know. What I mean? So, and most of the comics. These days are doing just that, which is the reason why fucking Comics Gate exists. Exactly. Know? And it's funny thing that Bill Maher has almost the same exact thing in, in common with these comic gators. Basically. You know? Because basically, these comic gators just see comic yeah. books and all they want is dudes punching each other. They don't want them to say anything. Yeah. And that's and what all, they're complaining about. And that's the thing, is like Bill Maher, if Bill Maher <laughs> his show basically addresses all these things that comics are addressing now right. especially you know you, you know it, the social injustices yeah that's essentially what he is he is a, he bill maher is an sjw right yeah you know? <laughs> so <laughs> and comics are leaning towards that but it's like and, and the thing is that's you know 
I don't want to go too much into that, but my gripe was, you know, oh, it's not, you know, it just goes into how comics aren't supposed to deal with these issues and why do they have to be so liberal and blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, because social injustices are just that. They, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you are going to have a left side of view because of how inequality and bigotry and racism that those are inherently a left-sided uh injustice you know what i'm saying so when you're battling it you are going to have that left-sided voice and so there's no i mean i don't know what how to get rid of that you know there's no way around it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's just that's just part of the literature part of the struggle part of being the underdog you know, <laughs> and the funny thing, him attacking uh, Stan Lee, he actually caught it on both sides. Like I said, he says he's an SJW, and he attacked Stan Lee, but it's the Trump line actually made him get attacked by the other side. Like it's one thing to attack Stan Lee, but you're gonna attack Trump? Fuck this guy! Because <laughs> like, he doesn't understand how many comic book fans are Trump supporters. Like we know, <laughs> he doesn't know, but he yeah. learned. <laughs> So, yeah, he got attacked from that. And the thing is, like I said, he goes and attacks Stan Lee. Stan Lee is an accomplished writer, like a real writer. He just chose comics as the medium he wanted to tell his stories. Yeah. Like, he could have easily just went to novels and could have been another Mark Twain, could have been a, a J.W. Baring, could have been all these guys. You know, but he wanted to tell his stories in comic book form because he felt it was a medium that it doesn't matter what medium he's in. He could still tell his story the same way and it would still be effective. He wasn't trying to dumb down anything. That's the way he wanted to tell the story. And and it's the thing, these old guys, they keep thinking this stuff, they keep thinking this shit is kid shit. They they're missing the forest for the trees. And yeah. Bill March is pro, he's just another one of those guys. And you like look look at look at the Daredevil, the, the recent Daredevil run, the recent Aquaman run. You know, those all deal with a, a leader being put into office, a corrupt leader being put into office, and everyone's just like, "How the fuck did this happen?" You know, <laughs> you know, you know the fucking uh, yeah, Aquaman getting usurped by the what, what's his face, the asshole king using magic and illegally and all that shit, and they're like, "How did he take the throne?" How you know, it, it's all about it, they're basically metaphors for Trump. So right. like, comics are dealing with social current events through their storytelling you know <laughs> right and plus comic comics work as a medium that you can do certain things in comics you can't do in any other medium mm-hmm. because the imagination that you're around you basically what you're doing you're telling you're telling a story you know with art with paintings you're telling a sequential story that you can't do it can't be told the same way in a movie or a cartoon and then some of the stuff they tried to do and it can't translate over like kingdom come kingdom come can't be translated into a movie they can try but they don't kill uh, killing joke didn't work when it got translated because it only works in comic form people say the same thing about Watchmen. It's why the Watchmen movies suck because it was meant as a comic it doesn't translate because it's only certain forms you can tell in it. It gives a uh, chance for the artist and the creative to have to really go nuts with their imagination. Especially in a way you can't do with the movie. Because the movie you got to spend so much money. 200 million. Focus testing. You don't have to worry about that if you're a comic book artist. It's pretty yeah, much whatever the hell you want to do. You can do it right there on the spot. Yeah and comics. Like they're the, they're the happy medium between literature and film. 
Right. You know, because you know, it, it, you read a book, you can you 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 understand the character's thoughts and emotions that mm-hmm. you can't see that when you watch a movie. You know what I mean? Right. But in the movie, you get to see all the shit you don't get to see in the book. Right. But then in the comic book, you get both. You right. Get them and pl- doing all and it- the shit, and then you get them thinking all the shit. You know, you get to hear the characters' emotions and their thoughts, and you know the, the, those 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 inner moments that of a character that you don't get to see in a movie. You get to see that in a comic, you know, and you also get to see them do all the action as well in a comic. <laughs> right. Depending on it, it is depending on how they want to do it. Sometimes like heavy dialogue. Oh, he kicked. He punched. He died. And sometimes they'll actually show it. It just depends on the art. Like Jim Lee is very cinematic with his stuff. He'll show you every fucking thing he's doing with the book, and it just depends on how they want to tell that story and you can read it at any pace you want to go with it yeah you ever read lord of the rings like some of those battles are like a paragraph long right <laughs> you know what i mean and uh, you god damn see. that council of elrond that was like a hundred fucking pages no. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> you just go from there so it's just like uh, yeah it's like it's that medium ground between you know uh literature and movies you can be cinematic if you want to be a, a perfect example is sin city Mm-hmm. Like Sin City, like uh, everybody wanted to do Sin City, but didn't know how to do Sin City. Robert Rodriguez told everybody how to do Sin City. All you got to do is look at the fucking comic. Mm-hmm. Frank Miller has already storyboarded. It's storyboarded just like that. You don't have to do anything different. Take this. He just took the book, put it on set, and like this storyboard right there. Get to work. And that's yeah. it. And, he, and it was so well crafted that he had to add Frank Miller as as direct as co-director yeah it, it pissed everybody off in the screen guild acted to do that to do that but he said i had to do that because frank already did this shit and i'm just redoing though, what he yeah. did and even that movie as cool as it is it's still i still feel it doesn't do the comics justice because there's so much emotion and tragedy in those comics that the movie is just so fucking so concerned with um adapting the, the the imagery and the and the panels that you right. don't get that room some of the stuff breathe. gets lost right and some like, of that fucking, acting is kind of off a yeah. little bit compared to how you imagine it in the book right yeah marv marv's story is so fucking tragic but it's so it's so fast-paced and that you don't get a room to breathe you know that it's like wow you see this tragic story of this guy's fucking miserable life and then it just goes by so quick you don't get that that those those moments to like take that that emotional weight in. Same thing with that yellow bastard. I remember right. reading that comic and I was so bummed out. You wait what six months or however long, seven months or however long that is that run was, and you get to the end and it was such a fucking bummer. I right. was like, holy shit, you know. And then seeing the movie, it just like wraps up just really quick. And it just ends with yeah, him ripping his know? balls off. And that's the only thing people remember. Yeah. And he, you get, I had people laughing in the theater. Yeah, and, and then fucking, yeah, Hardigan kills himself, and then the movie's over. And, like, but when I read that in a comic, I was so bummed out. I was like, God damn. I thought it was a great fucking story, but it was just so emotionally heavy. Right. And just, the, did, the, movie, the movie just didn't do that. You know, it was just so fast-paced. Yeah, look, it looks amazing, and we translated the comic panel for panel, and it was fucking awesome, it, you know, but it just didn't hold the – hold that emotional weight that the, those comics are known for. Right. You know? so. so, so comics, yeah, that's something the comic did that the movie did not, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say fuck Bill Maher, but get your head out of your ass, Bill Maher. That's all I got to say. 
Yeah, he just sounds like, you know, what he sounds like some of the the very people that he's bitching about. He bitches about people like like people those PC he he he's really un PC and he hates it when people bitch about stupid shit. Well, now he sounds like those very people. You're right. bitching about stupid shit. You're bitching about people mourning a great artist. Like <laughs> Right. <you> know I mean? <laughs> and, and people are saying that, oh, it's freedom of speech. We're violating his freedom of speech. So Bill Marcus said what he wants to. Yes, Bill Marcus said whatever he wants to, he has freedom of speech. But guess what? So do we. Yeah. <laughs> we can comment on his freedom of speech also, and he can't stop us. So just because you say dumb shit doesn't mean we're not allowed to call you out on your dumb shit. Yeah, and that was dumb shit. What he said was right. fucking dumb. Right. <laughs> so Bill that's Maher, you are fucking works. dumb. Right. <laughs> that's how freedom of speech works, guys. Yeah. So, uh, can we move past this subject? Fuck yeah. This dumbass. <laughs> uh, now let's move to the video game section. I'm not going to be too long on it. Just going to breach, uh, talk about it. Uh, like I said, after Thanksgiving, they have Black Friday deals. And some of these Black Friday deals are going on right now. So I want you guys to know. That if you wanted to get a looking for a PS4, you want to get Spider Man, where there are deals right now where it's $199 for the PS4 and Spider Man, $200. You get both in a bundle right now. Go get it. Here's a problem if you listen to this right now, the deal is already done. <laughs> You're not going to find that shit anywhere. Because <laughs> I've already seen footage of Walmart and Best Buy, stuff like that. People are pretty much just falling over each other, grabbing it, flying out really right. So, yeah, good luck getting that. Uh, what else I want to talk about? The video game wars are coming up, and Eli, this is what I want to talk about. People are upset right now, okay? Because there was a video game award and a game won, I think, in Europe or something like that. And of course, you know, Red Dead Redemption came out. Everybody thinking Red Dead Redemption was gonna like an easy sweep, just sweep and stuff like that. But it didn't win. Oh yeah. You know what beat it? What's that? Fortnite. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Damn. So so Fortnite beat it. So you know that game that just sold like a big and stuff like that. And then I started thinking, okay, now Red Dead Redemption. And I can say I don't, I haven't played either one of these games, but I'm just asking the question. Now I've seen Red Dead Redemption. It's this graphical masterpiece. It's like the best looking graphics ever. And you know you got horse testicles, and you know you can play in the snow, and you get all this stuff, and it look realistic and, and lightning. But is it fun? <laughs> That's the question you gotta ask yourself. At the end of the day, is it fun to play? Is it a game you can just play to have fun with, or just look like, oh, it's so realistic? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put an example, like uh, Skyrim and Fallout and them boring ass fucking games that you take you a hundred hours to beat. And you just run around in the woods and the snow, looking at the same shit, just swiping away. Those games are boring as fuck, but they look beautiful. Yeah. I, I can't I ain't got time for that shit right Me, meanwhile <laughs> like Fortnite like I said I don't play Fortnite but we've all heard reports of Fortnite being addictive you know some kids are flat out addicted to the game spending money on the game uh you got parents out here saying get my kid off Fortnite I won't see him anymore so obviously whatever's going on one game is more fun than the other I haven't heard anybody say they're addicted to Red Dead Redemption I've heard people say you know it's pretty to look at you know and it's a masterpiece, but like I said, it's another one of those games like 100 hours to beat. You know, how fun can it be? So why wouldn't a game that's more fun win over a game that's a technical and graphical masterpiece? I mean, graphics and all that shit is cool, but at the end of the day, aren't we supposed to be playing this shit for fun? That's what they're supposed to be. That's what I thought. That, you know? That's what I question some of these games I get. Like, right. Damn, is this, is this even fun? Why am, I, why am I playing this shit? 
Right. That's what I'm saying. Like people keep pissed off and shit. And I like want to murder these motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> like I said, I've beaten Spider-Man already multiple times because the game is fun. Does it look as pretty as Red Dead Redemption? No. Uh, does it look as pretty as God of War? No. But I have more fun playing a game. Like God of War is another one of those games that's like so pretty and beautiful and graphical and stuff like that. But I don't know, Eli, this new one, it wasn't fun. I, as fun as the other ones. Yeah. I and, and even those games, they, they there's a, they're fine up until when you have to do some stupid puzzle and like, you know, and I'm fu- I always get stuck on the puzzles. It's like I just want to kick ass, man. Right. Like, I only I only got certain time or certain hours out of day to do this shit. I don't want to spend you know twenty minutes fucking salt you know jumping over rocks and swinging this way and swinging that way. I just want to fucking knife some people. Can I right. fight some monsters? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. That's yeah. why do you want to play something fun? Like, for instance, okay, let's yeah. bring up the Nintendo Switch. Like I said, uh, my nephew has one, and he's always telling me, you know, play this game, play this game, because he wants to play with him. And I ain't gonna lie, I played uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Like, that's like one of the fucking funnest games I've ever played <laughs> in my life. <laughs> this shit just fucking fun, man. I'm like, wow, this game is fucking fun. Well, it's Mario. It's Mario. Mario. <laughs> you expect Mario to be fun. You jump around, and I'm like, like okay. This game is fun as hell, but keep in mind, graphically wise, it looks nothing like Red Dead Redemption or God of War or anything like that, but it's just fucking fun. So then you finish playing that, and you go back to playing this other shit, and you're just like, Ugh. it's It's a slog, you know? I'm like, give oh, me some fun know. shit like that. I know. that. I mean, it's as it's, it's good, as it's cool as like those Arkham games for Batman. Right. But sometimes I'm just like, really? I got to <laughs> drive all the way across town to go get that? I was like, ah, oh, really? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know, like it should be more fun than this, man. You know, that's that's what you're expecting. So, yeah, I say if you're going to give a game a game of the year, give it to the fun game. Don't give it to the prettiest looking game because they're not always the funnest games. You know, I don't know. I think we've talked about this long enough. Uh, Oh, one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, My nephew also said he wants to get a Pikachu game. Now, if there's anything, a Pokemon game. Sorry about that. I feel old already. So he wants to get a Pokemon game. And honestly, Eli... Even researching this shit, trying to look for it, that shit makes me feel old as hell. There's like 15 of those fucking games out right now, like the Switch and the Wii, and I don't know what to get them. He don't know. He just said, like, "I want a Pokemon game." Like, I don't know, man. I talk about video games all the time, but just talking about that shit, like I don't know what the fuck a Pokemon game is. What's the newest <laughs> one? I don't know. Give me that one. And so, uh, let me see. Can we move on to the bread and butter of the podcast? Sure. Okay. So, like I said, we're gonna talk about. Like I said, this is a comic book podcast. So we're going to talk about comic books. We missed last week. Uh, if you want to know, I, I don't know what what came out last week. I listened to Comic Cast, so they got the job done. But this week, we're going to be back on the job and talk about comics. And I, I, Eli, I guess I can go first? Yeah, I think you got more than me. I think I got more than you. Okay, so the book I'm going to start off with first is uh, Uncanny X-Men number one. Yes, this okay. is the fifth volume. Number of, one. Uh, number yeah, one. Huh? Another number one. This is the fifth volume of Uncanny X-Men they have. And I'm just going to run through the story. Basically, what's going on is that uh, Kitty Pryde is taking, like, the... Oh, and keep in mind, I want you to know it's, like, 20 fucking X-Men on the cover. There's a lot of fucking X-Men in this book. I forgot how many X-Men there were. So, Kitty Pryde is taking uh, the X-Men trainees. They got some new X-Men whatever uh, on a mission. They're going to mission to stop, like, the Brotherhood because the Brotherhood is attacking this, uh, this hospital or this medical facility, whatever like that. And then before they get there, something happens to Kitty Pryde, and she disappears. I don't know, but they're like, what the fuck happened to Kitty Pryde? And she was the one flying the plane, so the plane actually crashes into the medical facility and stuff like that. They get there, and they see the Brotherhood, but it's not the cool Brotherhood. It's like guys like uh, 
wild card and Suntress and a guy named Forearm. The reason he called Forearm because he has four arms. Like that's the guys they're fighting. But the thing is, since they're X Men trainees, they actually get their ass kicked. You know, it's just a bunch of no name folks over here versus a bunch of no name folks over here just beating the shit out of each other. But while they're getting the shit beat out of, all of a sudden, multiple man pops up out of nowhere. And most man pops up and asks one of the X-Men just got his ass kicked. Where's Kitty Pryde? I got to find Kitty Pryde. He's like, we're looking for Kitty Pryde too. We don't know. And he leaves while they get the ass kicked. But eventually, the real X-Men show up and they kick the shit out of the Brotherhood and stuff like that. And they take the wounded X-Men train. The Nightcrawler teleports them back to the X-Men facility. And while they're doing that bullshit, we cut to Manhattan City Hall. And they got this, you know, asshole senator talking about how mutants are a disease and mutants are evil and shit like that. And he also was going to invite Kitty Pride to give like a counterpoint argument on why mutants are good. And but Kitty Pride disappeared. Nobody can find Kitty Pride. So before you know they call Kitty Pride up, all of a sudden pops up multiple man again, <laughs> and he just pops up for no reason. And not only he starts talking on the mic and stuff like that while he's doing that, a hundred other multiple men start attacking the city hall also they just pop out of nowhere so the x-men take off all turn the superhero gear start fighting them and shit fighting off multiple men but before and they, he's trying to kidnap that senator that was trying to kill mutants and shit like that before they can get to him he disappears so and then multiple men are like oh damn i'm too late so when that happens all the multiple men kind of like teleport away like all hundred of them it was like a damn zombie movie shit like that so the, the x-men looking around like what the fuck happened to multiple man when did he learn how to teleport and then they cut to it and they show Kitty Pride tied up in a chair. Her powers don't work, so she can't get out. That asshole senator is also tied up in a chair. He can't get out. And he's still like, what the hell you do to me? You better give me some answers right now. And then he hear another voice saying, you don't talk to her that way. You human. And they turn around and it's Apocalypse. But he's also tied up. And he's saying, when I find out who did this to us, it will be hell to pay. And that's how the book cuts off. So... Uh, it was pretty much bland X-Men story 101. It's every single thing that happened in the story before other than Apocalypse getting kidnapped has already happened in a better written X-Men story before. So, yeah, I give it a 3 out of 5. Eli, I'm starting to get depressed because I'm starting to realize something about the X-Men. <laughs> they only, what, they suck? No. They, it's not that they <laughs> suck. They, they only work in the 90s. They don't okay. work in today's period of time. Because that same ass story about, oh, mutants are evil, mutants are good, mutants are disease. We keep hearing that shit over and over again, man. Give us something else. Do something else with them. They they seem like they're stuck in the rut. Back in the 80s and the 90s, like that, the X-Men did everything. They went into time. They went into space. They went fought dinosaurs. They didn't just talk about this shit over and over again, how people hate them and shit like that. They actually did other shit. Now they're talking about the same bullshit they talk about in every fucking issue, and that shit gets fucking boring. Is the same shit they talk about in the last reboot they did? Eh. I'm, I'm, fuck it, man. I don't know. I'm depressed, <laughs> man. I want to remember the X Men how they were, not this bullshit. But becoming, many other people are they, like. Are they shit. becoming the Fantastic Four? They are becoming the Fantastic Four, but the Fantastic Four were good in the '60s, but the X Men were good in the '90s. But now they're, I don't know. We'll talk about Fantastic Four in a second, also. So I'm, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I got Bitterroot number one from Image Comics. Um, this was pretty cool. You, you know what? You might like this, you know. Uh, okay. David, David Walker, Chuck Brown, Sanford Green. Um, basically, it, it's, a, it's set in Harlem in the 1920s, this uh, black family of, of, of monster hunters. 
Um, they go around fighting these demon beasts, like these this 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 these evil monsters possessing humans and turning them into monsters. You know, only in this case, uh, the evil is a metaphor for like racism and bigotry. So when humans are consumed with fear and hate, that leaves them vulnerable to be possessed by these monsters. It kind of reminds me of Evil Dead in a way where they get possessed and become dead deadites. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Uh, also, it kind of reminds me of uh, of uh, uh, Hellboy, you know, the BPRD or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, this family of monster fighters. So um, <coughs> this first issue, it really dives into basically the, the setting and the characters and the family dynamic and setting up the story arc. Um, uh, the ending is really cool. Uh, uh you have uh, this like this KKK rally, and they're hanging this black guy, and then this badass like hero dude with the gnarly ass gun looks like Blade. He shows up and just like starts shooting up all the clan members and shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. And it, you know, then it says to be continued. You know. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's just it, the, the the book is more just a setup for like the family members and their dynamic. They're obviously the the sangria family or whatever they're like um they've been fighting this these, these evil monsters for you know centuries or whatever um they use like voodoo and magic that's part of their deal and you know they're fighting and uh all that but i really i thought it was really cool i think it's a cool fresh take on you know this on, on a horror book you know uh especially you know like you know from getting deeper i mean it's 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 like that the black perspective take on the horror genre. It's like you know refreshing and, and groundbreaking as far as looking at the horror at horror from like a, an African American point of view. You know, usually usually black people or or native or natives. You know, me being a Native American, mm-hmm. <laughs> or just people in color in general. Right, are, first are, Yeah, or they're they're historically they they were considered monsters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or they were in league with the evil that the that the white protagonist was fighting. Like H.P. Lovecraft. If you go back and read, I mean, he H.P. Lovecraft influenced modern day horror, but that motherfucker was racist as fuck. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know he always talked about the ghettos were, you know, where all the, the the dark magic was being brewed, and those 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 uh, Eskimos were worshiping in Cthulhu in Alaska and shit. You know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, people of color historically have been – were used as sort of – they were in league with the monsters or in league with the evil. So, uh, you know, so when you get the – looking at – when you look at the horror, at horror, the horror genre from like a black black perspective, you get an outlook that isn't highlighted that much in pop culture, you know, because horror is based in fear, you mm-hmm. know. And what scares white folks is different than what scares black folks or people of color. You know, that's why Get Out works so well, you know, because it's it's horror from a black perspective. You know, most horror movies, they call the cops, you know, and the cops show up and they're the savior. And oh, my God. But when at the ending of Get Out, when that cop showed up, motherfuckers are like, oh, shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, now, wasn't that the same ending of uh, Night of Living Dead? Yeah, the Night of Living Dead. Yes, where they shoot the they shoot. They end yeah, because the black guy was the last survived, one to make it out yeah. of there, and yeah. they shot uh, him. 
Yeah, which was a total metaphor for racism and the civil rights movement and all that. Yeah, the smartest guy in the whole group survives to the end and they just shoot him and then throw him on the fire with all the rest of the zombies. Right. You know, and that was just a statement that George Romero was like shoving in his shoving in the face, you know, of mm-hmm. everybody. <laughs> but um but yeah, but what uh you know, you know like I'm saying, yeah, cops are like a savior for 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 like you know, non-people of color most of the time in horror movies. But, you know, for people of color, they make us a little uneasy. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, just that perspective, you know, that's what this book deals with. It deals with horror from a black perspective. And and that 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 just for just for that, it breathes fresh air into the genre. So I'm I thought it was a you know, it's not, you know, the, the conceptually, it's just a, you know, it's it's uh monster slayers you know it's not a groundbreaking concept but because you're coming at it from a different angle it's it feels fresh and that's what i like about it so i'll give it a four out of five um it the only reason i can critique is just that it's just so much in there they're just it's just a very dense first issue you know setting up the world setting up the family and then setting up the relationships it's just you know and then trying to move the story along like at the end, yeah, the KKK rally. Oh, cool! But then the book ends like, oh shit! So they got they got me for issue two, you know. So okay. So yeah. So yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, book I'm gonna read. Let me see. Let me see. I'm gonna go with this one. Okay. Uh, Superman number five. All right. Like I said, Brian Michael Bendis uh, still going on. Finished up his story, and uh, basically how the book starts off where we last off is that Superman is stuck in the Phantom Zone. And he can't get out, even though he got, you know, planet Earth out of there. So Rogazar is looking at him, and the book pretty much opens up with Superman have already gotten his ass beat. You know, he's barely getting up off the ground. Rogazar is like, get your bitch ass up. Superman, because he still makes fun of his name. People call him Superman. So Superman just looks at it. He, like, instead of punching him again, Superman flies off. Just leaves. And and, and Jack Seward is just like, uh, you're not going to go after him? They're like, why? He's stuck in the fan zone. Basically, going to come back for me anyway. So I'm going to just relax, just wait for him to come back, and we'll talk then. And that's it. Now, when we cut back to, to you know, regular time, we see, what's, what's the guy's name? Adam Strange. Yeah, Adam Strange is flying around looking for Earth, can't find Earth. And he's phoning it in to somebody saying, uh, I can't find Earth, somebody find it. And he turns around, he sees Zod. General Zod is standing behind him. And he was like, where is Kal-El? He's like, I don't know. But where's planet Earth? I don't know either. And then it was you know Zai has that Kryptonian supervision he's like what is that and they move over there and they see planet Earth but it's shrunk down like in a baseball size so Adam Strange realized oh that must have been Adam did that but then as soon as he does does that the Earth starts growing and growing and growing and then you know they get slammed by it also and uh, Adam Strange finds himself standing on the daily planet and then uh, Adam realizes oh okay we finally made a phantom zone I finally got the Earth back to regular size Thank you. Everything's fine. And he turns around. He sees General Zod standing right behind him. He's like, uh-oh. Oh, shit. And then General Zod said, is that a Phantom Zone projector you have next to him? Next to you? And Adam Strange's like, yeah. He like, use it on me. And then his heat vision starts going on now. And Adam's like, okay, cool. And then he sucks him into the Phantom Zone also. And he's thinking like, did I do the right thing? I don't know if I did or not. You know. So we cut back to Superman. Superman decides to stop running, goes back to Rogazar, who's just sitting there, just chilling. 
He's like, you can't go anywhere. You can't beat me. And, and Superman asked, like, why did you do it? Why did you destroy Krypton? He was like, well, I destroyed Krypton because I'm going to kill every single Kryptonian. You deserve it. And when I'm done with Krypton, with the last Kryptonian, I'm going to find your half-breed son. I'm going to kill him. And then I'm going to Earth. And I'm going to kill everybody there just for worshiping a Kryptonian. That's what I'm going to do with you. And then Zod hears all this shit. You know, the superhuman. He was like, Kal-El is too weak to exact revenge on Krypton. But I am Zod. And then the book cuts off and just says at the end, next issue, Rogozar versus Zod. So obviously that's going to be a much better fight than him kicking the shit out of Superman. (laughs) Yeah, overall, get the book a four to five. Pretty much feel like it was a teaser for the main event that's coming up. So, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. (laughs) The only other book I got is um, William Gibson's Alien 3 from Dark Horse. So um, Alien 3, you know, we all know that was a movie um, um, directed by David Fincher. It featured... Um, it had a very uh, turbulent production. You know, they went through very many, so many scripts, so many changes. They didn't let the producers wouldn't let David Fincher realize his vision. The movie got cut a lot, um, left David Fincher frustrated, and it basically the story is yes, Ripley, she crash lands on a prison planet, and then they're being chased by a dog alien. You know, that's the that's the movie that was released. But the, one of the scripts that was one of the earlier drafts, William Gibson wrote a draft. Um, William Gibson is a sci-fi author. He coined the term, I think, the Internet or uh, I thought it was or, or or the net or whatever. Basically came up with the concept of the net, the network, the Internet, you know, and one of I think it was Neuromancer, uh, basically cyberpunk kind of invented the genre of cyberpunk. And he wrote this script, one of the first drafts, and it's totally different from what the movie was supposed to be or what the movie became. Um, basically, for one thing, they don't kill off Hicks or Bishop or Youth or Newt. Um, they survive, and it basically has them being found on by these uh, the United Progressive Peoples or whatever. They're like a a metaphor for the Soviet Union. This was also written in the 80s, so the Cold War was still going on. So basically, yeah, their ship, it's a continuation of the second Aliens movie. Um, The Ripley, Newt, and Hicks, and Bishop, the Bishop android, they get picked up by the the space station run by this uh, sort of socialist, communist, uh, planetary uh, galaxy or whatever, Called the United Progressive People, they find them, and the and it finds out that the somehow Bishop the android was able to synthesize alien DNA, and he and an egg was formed inside of Bishop the android, which I thought thought was a very interesting concept, and basically the it's it's all setting up the Utani uh, Wayland Corporation are finding out, and they're and it's basically about how they were doing it's go it goes more into what they were the, how the corporation was experimenting with aliens and trying to make like a bioweapons and all that so that's essentially what the, the 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 script was about this first issue is just centered on them the survivors being discovered by the by the space station um, i give it a 4 out of 5 
just because not much happens. It's just all set up, and you don't really get they, you get to the you don't really get to the the character the old characters until the end. And like one the last panel, it shows like um, yeah he just woke up. Oh yeah, well let's go see him. And then he, they go in and it's Hicks, and he's just like you know he turned they, that's all it is, and it's to be continued. So Hicks is still alive, you know. Rather they killed him off in the first in the in the movie, but in this script he's still alive. And I guess this folk this mo- this script focuses more on Bishop and 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 Hicks. Um, I guess that was the that was the supposed to be the scenario of the of the movie, but you know producers didn't like that. They wanted Sigourney Weaver to be the star. They want they weren't into the whole political you know, commentary because of the Cold War stuff was going on. And I think it ended too. Like didn't the Soviet Union break up like like eighty eight or eighty nine or whatever? Yeah, the the wall fell. Yeah. Yeah, and so so and then the movie didn't come out to like ninety ninety one. So they thought it was maybe a little outdated. But um but yeah, I give it a, a four out of five. I mean I'm I'm a sucker for alien stories. I I've always heard about this script that uh, and his concept for the movie, uh, you know, what could have been. So just as an alien fan, I, I say check it out. So, yeah. Okay, cool. That's cool. all I got. <laughs> okay. Uh, last book I got uh, is going to be Fantastic Four number three. I, like I said, I know I keep shitting on Fantastic Four, but I'm just going to go ahead and review this book just to see where the storyline ends in this one. And based on how the book ends, like I said, last issue was Mr. Fantastic, uh, recruiting every single Fantastic Four member that has ever existed onto this uh, alternate universe to fight this uh, evil alien called the Griever of all things, or whatever. She basically is a cosmic being that, that killed Mo- uh, Mo- Molecule Man with one hit, and Franklin Richard can't even stop. So basically what happens, uh, she shows up, They everybody shows up, and, and Griever's like, okay, you got all these guys, you still can't stop me. I mean, you can send as many people as you want to, you're still not going to stop me. Uh, because I am a cosmic being. She's like, okay, that may be true. But first thing I want everybody to do, uh, read and, and Ben, I mean, fuck, Johnny and Ben, destroy the portal that brought everybody here. They're like, wait, what? Yeah, destroy that. Okay, so they destroy that portal, so now they can't get back home. She's like, okay, that's step one. Now, step two, he tells all the Fantastic Four members like Black Panther and Luke Cage and Hulk and Spider-Man, whatever the fuck ever. He's like, I want you guys to destroy her ship. Like, she may be invincible, but I bet you her ship isn't. So they just go to town on her ship, destroy her ship. And she's like, hold on. Uh, before, I want all the original members of the Fantastic Four, I want you guys to stay here. Okay, we're here. Everybody huddle up. And then uh, Miss Fantastic wraps his arms around all of them, and he's want to say, I missed you guys. And then Ben Grimm is like, your beard is getting itchy because I think it's making my eyes water. You know, they have all this emotional moments, stuff like that. And then Sue tells him, like, yeah, because y'all have only been, it's only been a year for y'all. But for us, we've been gone five years. Like, five years. So, so where are the kids? So Johnny goes to see the kids, you know, Franklin and Valeria, and he sees them, they're teenagers. You know, and he hugs all of them, and he didn't realize that they had gotten so big. He's like, I missed all your birthdays. Sorry for that. And then, you know, but then Reed is like, okay, that's enough. We got to get back to work. We got to hurt and beat this, this this person. And I got this perfect weapon to take him out. Franklin. And Franklin's like, wait, what? I mean, I already tried to take her one time. I couldn't beat her again. There's no way I can go up against her again because she's already killed Molecule Man. What do you think she can do to me? And then all of a sudden, Spider-Man comes out. Spider-Man's like, you know what? 
let me talk to Franklin. I know the perfect thing to say. Franklin, you are the most powerful person here. Him with great power comes and thinks like, uh-uh, get the fuck out of here. Look, I'm going to talk to you. Now, Franklin, I know you're scared to fight her, but that's what we do. When we go up against something we can't fight, we keep going. If we get knocked down, we get back up until we beat it. And Franklin's like, I already tried to do it. I can't. And the th- thing is like, I didn't say I. I said we because we are family. You're not fighting it by yourself. You're fighting it with us. You're like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it, Uncle Ben. So they go and fight. Uh, they go. So Franklin and Thing punch the Griever at the same time, hollering, it's clobbering time. You know, but it doesn't really do shit to her like that. But after she's done all this stuff, Bree's like, you know what? You can't be beaten. I get that. You're a cosmic entity. You're like eternity, and chaos, and in between it. I get it. So we can't fight you. But... You only know how to destroy. You don't know how to build. So we destroyed the, the pod to stop you from going, leaving out of here. We destroyed your ship because I know you didn't build the ship. You stole it from somebody else. So you're stuck here. But I tell you what. We gave you one pod with enough juice for you to take your ass back to your universe. You can either take that offer or you can stay here with us forever. Like you may have won this round, Reed Richards. But I will return. And she takes the pod and goes back to her universe, stuff like that. And then everybody else in the fan has a force. like, okay, you got rid of her, Reed, but how do we get back? Simple. I'm going to let my daughter rebuild the pot that, uh, that they destroyed because she knows how to fix anything. They're like, oh, that's smart. And they go back home. That's the book. So, yeah, pretty pretty entertaining story. A whole lot of heartfelt moment. Felt like a superhero sitcom, which is what Fantastic Four is supposed to feel like, you know. And I'm interested in seeing which story goes because, like I said, now we got the kids as teenagers now. And it's going to be interesting how that dynamic works now because basically Franklin's almost the same age that Johnny was when he first started. So I get the book uh, fortified. I'm just interested in seeing where it goes from there. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All I got. Uh, Eli, anything else we got on tap? Uh, no. I think we got it. I think that's all we got. Okay. Like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we got all of our other plethora of podcasts. We have our sister podcast, Geeks Have. We have a uh, comic cast. We have this Geeks and Comics, TGI. I might have fucked it up. I don't know. Uh, Instrument Destruction, they may be rebranding. We'll see where they go from there. Uh, Get Valiant, Hoodoo TV, Talking. There it is. Foosball podcast. Uh,. Yeah, and I probably there's another one out there, but I probably missed it. Anyway, this is Leroy. Oh, we better plug the uh, the commentary. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Sorry about that. The commentary. Go go to the website. Uh, we have the Punisher Warzone commentary up. Trust me, you're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I listen to it even if you don't have the movie in front of you. Just watch the listen to the commentary anyway. It's it's entertaining. I, I guarantee. You, I put my stamp on it. So, <laughs> uh, that being said, this is Leroy. And happy Thanksgiving. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ranch, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, 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 beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, Greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, greens, potatoes, beans, 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 beans,
dressing when you dressing sauce it up with cranberry yeah i know i'm on my fifth plate in college granted we ain't eat great all i had was little cheap dates i know you gonna set your baby straight mr collis with the turkey got the cornbread everywhere that's on purpose sweet potato pie yeah i need it now i don't care if i gain a couple pounds cup of tea and that good sativa now i'm back at it thank you granny yes i'm glad to see my whole family but i smile the most when you told me you had Church with this, jump a shirt, you got one. Sweet, the remix, God! <laughs> God.